Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to Unwritten from Odyssey and Major League Baseball. My name is Ron Darling. With me is Jimmy Rollins. Hey, Jimmy, we've just about reached the end of our season here. And if there's one thing we've learned from baseball this year is that the unwritten rules are still a big part of Major League Baseball. They're always changing and evolving, but they still exist. So today we're going to take a look back and weigh in on the biggest unwritten rule moments from this incredible 2022 season and also answer some listener questions we've received. This episode is available on MLB's YouTube channel, so you can also watch us there if you want to see some of the plays we're talking about. Well, I'll start off on this one. Mm-hmm. Late April, the Mets are playing the Cardinals, and there's a lot of back and forth, and Juan Lopez, who was a young pitcher for the Mets, was asked, or at least directed, to throw a pitch at Nolan Arenado. Mm-hmm. The pitch was not, I would say, in danger of hitting Arenado, but it was head high. And it's up and in, and you had to know that was coming. And Arenado nods out at Lopez as if to say, I knew, and now he says, come get me. And here we go. You knew something was going to happen, and here it is. Both benches empty, and they are really going at it now. And I remember saying on the air, I said, listen, I understand there are times in a game where you have to brush a guy away from the plate or even in extreme circumstances maybe hit a guy to deliver a message. But in no way do you ever throw a ball above a guy's chest. Never, ever. And um, it was interesting because I got a lot of feedback from from pe- people that don't play. It was like, well, how, how can you do that? How do you know where the ball's going? Well, that's mm-hmm. your job to know where the ball's going. I think there's there's one good answer for this. In a game where sometimes velocity is more important than pitchability, if you can't throw the ball where you want to, especially inside to a hitter when you're trying mm-hmm. to deliver a message, you're not allowed to deliver a message. What do you think about that? Well, I've never you know, thought of it that way uh, and that perspective, but I agree. There are times that, you know, a guy, as you said, caught the brush guy back and I've been in there. Hey, look, we're going to come in. If we hit him, we hit him. We'll live with that. You know, the point is to make sure, uh, you know, maybe not let a guy get extended or this guy's been wearing us out. So we have to, hey, we're not afraid to buzz you. And there are times there, there's a guy on the mound. And as a pitcher, you know, also, it's like, this is probably not the right guy to do it. Like, you know, like they they barely throw enough strikes, you know, to make you feel comfortable with. And now you ask this guy to actually throw at a guy and, you know, hit him, you know, maybe elbow to above the knee. That That's not going to work out uh, well. But, I, yeah, if, you know, if, if 
and and you know, would you happen to pitch the three hitters and the game today? Um, and 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 this guy's you know on the bump, and yeah. the batter you want to send a message to was there. Do you call it off and say, well, we'll we'll, we'll do it later because you can't. Because now you throw the ball out over the plate and he hits a two-run home run or three-run right. home run, and it was like I'd have much rather you know either came inside and hit this guy and try to get the next hitter. So how, how do you make that call? But yes, maybe there should be you know internal rules, <laughs> unwritten rules, internal rules that you can't hit anyone. You know, we'll let somebody you might you might want to do it, and we're happy for the fact that you're willing to. But one, we're not trying to get anyone injured. We're just trying to send a message to. We're not trying to get half our team suspended because we're going to have to get into a fight because of it. Unwritten rules. You're wearing a team out. And I remember there was a team you used to wear out a lot that I used to have to watch all the time. <laughs> um, you're wearing a team out. Are they allowed to throw the ball at you? Um, as a hitter, I expect it at some point. And because yeah. and, and, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, they have to do something. And so – there are definitely at bats, and there definitely have been at bats. I'm sure every batter has uh, had this thought, especially when they're wearing a team out. They're just, you know, or they're hot. Like, this is the perfect time for it. You know, you get up there like this is the perfect time for it. You're that catcher creeping up underneath you, and you're like, all right, well, I I'll be on my toes. And they throw a fastball right <laughs> down the middle, and you're just like, oh my goodness, what are you thinking? Like, why would you let this thought? come into your mind but i think it's perfectly natural um because the times that we played in that was that was the progression of it hey you're 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 10 for your last 14 off of us next series within those first two at bats yeah. you're probably going to be buzzed if not hit if the situation permits and you're okay with that this it was it was like a sign of respect hmm. you know that if that's how you feel you can you you know you can deal with me then great for me it's like I'm on base now I'm going to try to steal second and third, so either way I'm going I felt like I was going to hurt you but uh, today's game is a little different but I think yes it's still okay to throw um, inside you know to to make a guy feel uncomfortable if that's going to give you an advantage but never in a situation where as you said it's it's above the shoulders you're putting the guy's life in danger just to send a message that's that that's the wrong thing to do. You know, Jimmy, I thought one of our one of my favorite shows, I don't know if you felt the same way, was when we had former on-field umpire, Fielden Colbert. He's yes. not behind the scenes. But Fielden was on with us, and I just loved some of the comments he had. And what I found interesting is that, and I asked him this, is that I find it almost wrong that or counterintuitive that you cannot argue balls and strikes. The whole mm -hmm. game is based on balls and strikes. And, and interpretation, and interpre lots of times, of what's a ball and what's a strike. Interpretation of what's a ball and strike and fighting for that ball and strike, especially on the 1-1 count, right? Changes the whole mm -hmm. at-bat. Well, Fielden told us, one, you can't argue balls and strikes, and he also Ooh. told us there's a couple of magic words you can't use or you're going to end <laughs> up on the bench. It's grown men playing baseball. It's... We're not in church. Mm -hmm. We're on a baseball field. So you can say whatever you want to say about that pitch, that call, that anything. It's when you direct it and get personal. Mm -hmm. Typically, it's when you put the word you in front of it. This is an important distinction, Jimmy. You know it. You can say that was horseshit. Yeah. You can say 
That's one of the worst calls I've ever seen. But you cannot use a word before those. You can say horse, but you can't say what, Jimmy? You are horse. <laughs> you are the worst. And it's and, and, and I get it. And I get it. It's 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 at that point you're taking it to a level where you're calling me out. You're Making saying it personal. I'm bad. You, yes, exactly. And it's always been fascinating prior to that how some managers can argue and argue and argue yeah. and apart, step back, step back this last time, and they keep going and nothing happens. And some managers, even players, they say five words and you see the umpire, that's it, you're gone. It's like, what could have happened <laughs> in those first two seconds that you already ready to throw this guy out? Because the magic word is you. You mother you. <laughs> at, at that point, everything's out the window. They, they Ears are shut off and go hit the showers, buddy. So when we were talking to Field and Colbreth and John Boy, who does some lip reading, we showed a little clip of, <laughs> of Tim Anderson getting into an argument. Tim Anderson steps to the plate. Oh, that's the second one. Had one of those second at bat too. You need to go. He doesn't like it. Umpire doesn't like that. He doesn't like it. Umpire throws him out and he says, that's fucking horse. That's terrible. You're terrible. The thing with umpires is that they're sensitive too. And they, they, they can take it and they'll take it as long as they can take it. But, you know, when it when you talk about them or their family or whatever it is, I remember um, David Wright, of all people, one of the nicest guys you could ever, ever be around, ever play ball against, but he had a competitive fire. And he was called out by an umpire in California and, and, and the Angels. And he was at the end of the bench, and we had it on camera. And he dropped this one, which I've, I haven't heard. I hadn't heard to that point. He was mouthing <laughs> you to the umpire. You are the worst of all time. No one's close. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, that hurt me. I can't even imagine how that That felt for the umpire. Oh, my goodness, that is good. Yeah, I I find it interesting that we always have no problem considering the 900 players that play in the major leagues the best baseball players in the world. But we can never give that to the umpires mm. because they're the best. <laughs> never. They're the best in the world as well. So let, yes, we should are. leave uh, leave this part of the show anyway, um, acknowledging that that they're they're the mm. best in the world. Something happened in a game I was doing on a Tuesday night. You were um, doing the pre and post for TBS that night, Mauricio Dubon who oh, played for the Giants, yes. he bunted in the sixth inning with the Giants having a nine-run lead. If we don't want a team to bunt, we will defend the bunt. If we don't want a team to steal, we will defend the steal. If we don't want a team to swing 3-0 late in the game, we'll throw a ball, right? So it's we have so much control on our side that we don't have to worry about what other teams decide to do or, or decide not to do. But Jimmy Rollins bunt in the sixth inning with a nine-run lead. No chance. No chance. I mean, I'd, I'd rather strike out intentionally than to bunt with a, uh, with a nine-run lead in a sixth inning. It's just and, – and, and it's – I mean, I understand wanting to get a hit. Trust me, I do. You know, you're sitting there. You 
big, big, big score, and everybody else is two hits, and you're sitting there like, I'm already 0 for 3. I cannot <laughs> do this. And why can't you? If they're giving it to you, why can't you bunt? So if I swing and hit a home run, that's okay. If I bunt for a single, that's not okay. <laughs> Maybe it's just the optics, but that's just, you know, an unwritten rule that where did it come from? I don't know. Are, are you showing up the team? I'm yeah. definitely not trying to run up the score. That's right. Am I trying to pad my stats? You're giving it to me. It's a hit. It hits a hit, right? But the way I was raised in baseball, the unwritten rules, you cannot do that. Sit there. Uh, as I say, take your medicine and take your chance of swinging the bat because that for sure will get you, maybe even the next guy, hit <laughs> to send a message that we do not appreciate what you did last night. You know, I always thought of it this way as well. You know, Mauricio is a guy that, you know, he is a uh, versatile player. Uh, mm -hmm. He's not a starting player, doesn't always start all the time. So what really are you showing your manager if you bunt for a base hit? You're not really showing them you can hit and you belong in the lineup. I always thought that. But I do understand what Gabe Kapler said, and that is, listen, we're trying to win the series. So if we drive up the score, they got to bring more relief pitchers in, then that helps us the next two days, except most teams now are bringing in infielders and outfielders right, to pitch the right. eighth and the ninth so they don't lose yeah. that pitcher. But but I can understand what, what Gabe is saying. I still think that there's some room in the unwritten rules, that there's respect for the opponent. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when this game is over, we're going to be playing another 18 times or 17 or whatever. You know, there's going to be another time that we're going to be competing against each other. And I respect you. You should respect me. And that should happen on the field. That's how I've always thought about it. But, you know, things uh, things can change, you know. So, mm -hmm. um but I, I, I wouldn't – if I were pitching in a game where I was losing by nine runs, I'd be very disappointed if you bunted. Um, and I would remember that forever. Now, let me ask you this because, you know, you, you, you've expressed your position on throwing it guys. Yeah. So you're the pitcher on the mound, which probably wouldn't be the pitcher on the mound still, yeah. but let's say you're the pitcher on the mound. This happens – you get the ball back. You obviously probably walk around the mound towards first base, have a few words with them. Yeah. Does the next getter, hitter pay for it? And now that batter has to deal with his teammate? I, I, I don't believe in that because I, I did that once in my career. And as soon as I did it, I knew I, I, I was wrong. I knew I was 100% wrong. Um, what I would do is I would look for a spot where – he was more unsuspecting, and uh -huh. and I would um, let him know that I remembered. But let me tell you the story, the reason why I never believe in, in hitting someone else. I, I was pitching in a game in Wrigley Field, um, shut out after five innings, six innings, I give up three home runs in the inning. Boom, boom, mm -hmm. boom. It's 4 nothing, 5 nothing, whatever it is. Happens in Wrigley Field, wind's blown out. Mm -hmm. And the next batter tried to bunt. After three home runs, like bang, oh. boom, bang. In Chicago, the people are going crazy. They're throwing beer on each other. Uh, they're so <laughs> excited. And then he tried to bunt. And 
the next pitch I hit him. I hit him. He was kind of a fast player, so I hit him mm-hmm. uh, like right below the knees, you know, where you don't like to get hit. I know Jay mm-hmm. Rocha's. You're you're a speed player, and um, you know he kind of hobbled down the first, but he was all right. And as soon as I did it, I was like, you know what? He is not the same player as the other guys who just hit the mm-hmm. home run. Part of his game is speed. The game's not out of control. You know, he, you know, you know, coming into that game, he's going to attempt a bunt or two during the game, right. anyways. Right. So I always, um, I always resented that I did that, and always said to myself that I would never do that again. Never hold someone else responsible for one not great pitching by me, and two anger uh, that I had that was still uh, lingering from what I didn't do. He didn't do anything. It's what mm-hmm. I didn't do. So I was always um, careful never to do that again. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Karin Garcia, who? Who is Karin Garcia? Who is Karin Garcia? One of our shows we did was on trash talking uh, because uh, we had the authority. Um, with you, Jay Roll, you can do a little trash talking, but a little uh, bit, you know. Yeah, but um, I was uh, August 9th, You know, when the 
right a week after the Padres traded from Juan Soto, um, they were asking Manny Machado if he was concerned because he was going through a little, uh, you know, low spot. He wasn't hitting. He goes, am I concerned? No. And the reporter said, well, why not? Because I'm Manny Machado. Machado to deep left and deep and far into the San Diego night. He'll walk it off. Three-run home run for Manny Machado. You know what I mean? <laughs> why should I be I concerned? Am I am. I'm like one well, of the best. Best on the planet. You know what the back of the card is going to look like at the end of the year, and I mean, and you you have to have that. I mean, if you show any weakness, what is your opponent thinking? You know, that's right. What is your what what, what are your teammates thinking? You know, a lot of times you you don't do it for your own sake. Sometimes, yes, you know, you're going to pump up yourself, uh, but it's like a show of confidence in what we're doing. I believe in us, regardless of what I'm going to be here. Period. And if I'm not here. I'm still here. That's all that matters. So, look, I don't care what it looks like right now, a good week, a bad week, a bad month. You know somebody's going to pay. And you want that alert out there because that pitch is on the mound. Am I the guy? Are we the team? Is this a series that turns him on? And everybody else is watching also like, man, the dang such and such were in town. They let this fool catch on fire. Now we got to deal with them. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it pays itself forward. So, yeah, go ahead, talk that trash, put it out there, but be brave enough to, to stand on your word, stand firm. Don't just talk trash for the sake of it. Say it, mean it, and then perform. See, the thing about that's different between football and basketball was certainly have their trash talkers. They're, a good, mm-hmm. they're as good as anyone in the game. The difference in baseball is that there's an intimacy of three or four games in a row. So if you're real good at trash talking, you can set someone up over the course of the series yeah. and at yes, some point just get in their brain and just the, it's like it being cut with a, a thousand knives. Yes. I told you, <laughs> I, I, I did my best, especially when we played the Mets, obviously, <laughs> uh, to get in their head, you know, especially when they were hot. The hotter they were, the more I wanted to just, man, you were, man, you were on fire. Like, what is it? What are you doing differently? Because I wanted to get them to start thinking about what they're doing, knowing that I'm watching, I'm like I'm studying, man. I, I I need help. I'm looking every time you're up there. I'm looking at what you're doing. That's a different type of pressure because no matter what, you still want to impress your peers. You want to go out there and let them and have them, you know, think you're the best player on the field that day. You're the best, you know, whatever it is that day. I'm the best. So my job was if I could get you thinking about that. And not thinking about what pitch you're actually going to get or what the situation is. It's like, well, I look good. This is a good swing. I win. I win. <laughs> that weak contact or you just missed that ball. And even though you just missed it, I'm like, whew, maybe it was me. Maybe just having him thinking about it. Just, you know, you aren't missing the pitches. He's just missing it. Now, like I said, over the course of the, the course of the series, he came in hot. You know, he, he's, he's getting a hit, but it's a bloop single mixed with, you know, some weak at bats we run in scoring position. I just help my team. And hopefully you go into a slump for the next month because we play you a few more times. <laughs> so that's how I look at it. So there's the other side of trash talk. It's not just talking trash. It's also getting into your opponent's head and how do you go about doing that? And it's a different it's a different version. And I like to say I was pretty good, although the Mets, I think they were gamed up because they never really, <laughs> especially David and Jose, they never, I tried my hardest. <laughs> 
I mean, and, and like Jose didn't have a care in the world. He'd tell me exactly what he's doing to still get five hits. Like, bro, like, I'm done with this. Dude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they, they those two, I, I definitely tried to work and I'm not sure it worked against them, but I know I got to a number of people's heads. But those two, obviously, because they played for the Mets, and they yeah. were, you know, they were the heart and soul. I, it, it never worked. I, I wish I cracked them. I wish I could say I did, but I just, I don't have that glory. You know, I didn't know I was trash talked in my first start in the major leagues until much later. Um, I was pitching against the Phillies, the Phillies team that went to the World Series in 83, and Joe Morgan led off, Pete Rose hit second, Mike Schmidt hit third. Those are the first three guys I have to face. So um, I got through the first inning, struck out Morgan, struck out Rose, Schmidt hit a 1,000-mile-an-hour ground ball to shortstop. And my first time up, I hit a, I got a base hit to left field. So I'm standing on first base, and Pete looks at me, and he goes, man, unhittable, and you can hit two. I remember I'm standing there, and I'm like, Pete Rose just said I'm unhittable, and I can hit two. And then like a couple months later, once I realized what sport I'm in and with the the big leaguers and all that, I was like, that guy just trash-talked me. He was just yep. trying to make me feel good Got about myself, and the next time yep. he's going to throw four knocks on me. So that's you know, uh, you know, you know what's funny that you say that it just it just a memory of mine, yeah. and uh, it was Dontrell Willis. Uh, you know, we grew up together. He was a, he, well, believe it or not, I was here, <laughs> and Trail was here. No he way, was a little he was a little dude, <laughs> left-handed. I didn't even know he played baseball. I just yeah. know him from basketball. We go play basketball down down the street. Yeah, and he was always the guy that no one wanted on the team because he was so small. I'm like this little dude, slick. I take yeah. him. So he's with the Marlins. Um, and you know this is when the D train was on a roll. Yeah, he's good. Man. He could hit too. He could hit. Uh, yeah, he could hit. He came over. Well, we went out that night, and I invited him over to the house. And he had let him tell us, like, man, you invited me over, had me over for breakfast, gave me these butter biscuits and grits, had me all buttered up, <laughs> came to the game and wore my butt out. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, and it's funny because that's how he took it. Yeah. This was me taking care of the little homie. That's right. That's like, right. You know, like, like, this my homie. And it was like, you know what? I No, I was trying to soften you up, but that wasn't really the intent. My, that wasn't the intent, but I'm glad it worked. But yes. let him tell me, like, man, I'd never do that again. That's you funny. Because Dontrell used to deal with this. Uh, he dealt with all the MLB. Yeah, you know, he did. When he was on the mound, you had to bring your lunch. But it's funny you said that about Pete because Dontrell, he swears <laughs> I buttered him up with those biscuits and crisps for breakfast after going out. And you were just I'm trying like, to be a nice guy. You're just a homie. You're yeah, just a little homie. Exactly. Come on, I'll take care of you. Jimmy, this year has been amazing. Uh, what are two or three things that you remember from this season that really hit home? Uh, yes, we've uh, had a lot to talk about, especially <laughs> in uh, baseball's unwritten rules. And, you know, for me, um, I guess there are written rules. Uh, one started that way, and that's now was a brawl. Uh, the interview that I got to do uh, with, or we got to do with Chef. Yeah. Oh, now he's chirping back to Carmona again, and now he wants a piece of him. Here we go. It is on. You know how he explained that that did not end on the field, and you know, chasing a guy out, trying to chase a guy down at the club, bringing young Curtis Granderson with you to let you know where all the spots were, hoping to run, you know, across Victor Martinez, you know, for what happened, for his his role. You know, the, the anger wasn't even towards – wasn't towards him, it was towards Roberto Hernandez. Yes. Or Fausto Carmona. And, you know, Vic comes up, pulls this guy, and he's popping off. My track record speaks for itself. So what I did, I got on my tennis shoes. I went to the club 
afterwards, looking for them where they was hanging out. I saw his teammates in the VIP. I walked in the VIP by myself looking for them. So now I'm going to take it to the streets. And 10, 15 years later, Chef is still holding this, is still <laughs> feeling this way. And lo and behold, he's out and about, and Victor walks in, you know, with his boys, and Chef is like, there you go, right there. You know, it's still on. You know, from the, all these years ago, it is still on. And it was like, you know, the umpire conversation, there was a you involved. You know, what yeah. have you done? Like, excuse me? That's when it becomes personal. You know, hit me on the field, we can handle that, and that's done between the lines. But you start talking about you, now you're attacking me personally. That goes until it's done. And so, anyhow, they ended up, you know, squashing it, even exchanging numbers. And I'm not sure if they they've hung out, but that's that's that was like wow. Yeah, it, it, people sometimes need to understand that yes, things happen on the field, but they can linger off. Wow. I've been with a player that did that with Omar Vizquel, although we didn't get a chance to talk to um, Joe Table, Jose Mesa, or yeah. Omar. It's the same thing. This is personal. This is beyond you know the uniform. And uh, secondly, uh, was a, a great friend of ours. Uh, La Machina, Howard Pujols, <laughs> and, you know, just hearing this whole story on, you know, how he even came to be with uh, a guy getting hurt and the older players, veterans, sticking up, was like, no, we like this kid, we like his makeup, and became one of the best players yeah. in my generation. I mean, you have to put him up there uh, with the top two. I mean, him and Miggy Cabrera for right-handed hitters, during my time playing, just just what he's done, and for sure, I mean, if he, I don't know how you don't get in with 100% voting, but there may be some guy out there is like, well, we're going to give one because he's in all the way. Uh, but hearing this story, just you know, walking in, and you know, Tony called him to the office, and he's like, you know, thank you, Tony. I'd like to thank you for the opportunity, and et cetera. And he's thinking he's going back down. You know, he came from a ball. You know, he's going back down to the minors. Well, I walk into Tony's office bro and i shake his hands like hey good morning jefe how are you he's like good morning Albert. how you doing so he looked at me and then i didn't even give him a chance i didn't even say anything i just said well i didn't even give him a chance to even re respond to me so right, i was like right. hey i just want to thank you for the opportunity that you gave me i really had a really really great spring great experience you know i think uh, it really helped me out to take my game to the next level and he's like looking at me like, <laughs> kind of like, what is he talking about? And like, you know, just thank you so much. So he kind of like, there's things like, he stopped me. He's like, hey, well, what's going on? I was like, well, I know you guys sent me down today, but it's so good, bro. He got up to his chair like this and come out of the clubhouse, call Buddy Bates. He's like, Buddy Bates. Like, Buddy Bates was our clubby. Right. He's like, right. where's Arbor Locker? Where's Arbor Locker? It's like, Tony, his locker's right there, bro. I was between... Edgar Interdigio and Placido Polanco. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't sent me down yet, bro. And just, whoa, you know, like how that all came to be. And from A ball to a surefire, at least 99.9, because .9, there may be somebody, uh, percent first ballot Hall of Famer. Th those are two stories that, for opposite reasons, stuck out uh, to me and, and two guys that I admire, Uncle Chef and Al uh, having the same agent since we were babies and being good friends and golf buddies now. So no, those are my two. Nice. What about yours? I, th I think Field and Colbreth, uh, we talked about him before. Um, I just think that we haven't, I haven't had a, a conversation in quite some time uh, with the next umpire. And just the way he expressed himself, I thought was uh, beautiful. He's, he's got a, 
a future in TV or something, though, with the way he uh, <laughs> talks about the game, how much he loves the game. Um, I think that's what we tend to forget sometimes with these umpires, that you could not be a major league umpire unless you love the game. Mm. You've got to love the game. And, and that made me think about my father when he was a kid, and um, he used to referee games, and and I used to always hate the abuse he'd get, you know, from the people in the stands. Right. And and then I found out much later, I didn't know when I was a kid, I'm talking about six, seven, eight years old, I didn't know why he was doing it. I just thought, you know, the fathers had to donate their time to referee games or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he was doing it for that small stipend, which was kind of like his golf money or whatever, or right. <laughs> hanging, hanging, hanging with his guy's money, you know. So I never even knew that. And slush uh, fun. Yeah, slush fun. So I had, <laughs> I had more respect for him. And I think having Sean Casey on, Sean – when I think about it, he's probably a generation in between you and I. You know, he's that mm-hmm. player that that was in between us. And, uh, you know, he has such a big personality that you tend to forget sometimes what a good hitter he was, what a good player he was, because, um, you know, he's the mayor. He's the guy that talks to everybody. Yes. It's all those kind of things. But uh, it made me really appreciate uh, um, not only how smart he is, how funny he is, but also what a good player he was as well. You know, and speaking of case, we I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring it up. Has it have has it ever happened before, definitely not after, that you hit a single to left field as a left-handed batter That's right. and get thrown out at first base? <laughs> oh Five minute rain delay pushed this game back, hasn't altered their game plan. Hard hit ball. Creedy gets up but can't come down with it. Casey didn't know he didn't catch it. The throw by Ozuna got it. Oh, yes! What a play by Pablo Ozuna in left field. You won't see that happen here at the big leagues probably ever again. It's the first time I've ever seen it. There you see. Tracy, now he recognizes his mistake. I know he hates talking about it. I know he's embarrassed by it, but he is going to be a hundred years from now when they're showing bloopers or this or that, he is going to be one of the top 10 that is always shown forever. And what made that you'd have to know case to know one, how embarrassed you'd be because he always was a hustler and a guy who played the right way, all that kind of stuff. That was the first thing. But the thing that became so funny, and I would say it if he was here, maybe not as loud, maybe, but what became (laughs) funny to me is once he realized the left fielder had dropped it, the hustle to no avail to try to be safe at first, to me, is one of, is, is what makes that. It's not that he made a mistake yes. and he wasn't running out. Just once he realized it was on the ground, that was him at full flight. And I don't, it probably never happened to you because you're so fast, but people that don't run well, when they try really hard to run fast, they get slower. And that was the case watching Casey run down the first base. So that oh, that man. made it too. But he's um, he's a sweetheart, and we're lucky to have Great him on guy. the show. He's, he's the mayor for a reason. There it is. Now. There it is. There 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, so we got some questions. This is from Ryan Hilliard, and we get it off Twitter, where everything comes from now, you know, Jimmy. It's, mm-hmm. If it's not on Twitter, it's not true. So that's, uh, that's what we're going to go Twitter into this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Hmm. Best piece of advice of advice I've ever been given. Um, I'd have to say it came from uh, Ken Griffey Jr. when I was 17 and getting ready to go through the draft process. And I was in the Seattle Dome. Uh, this is 1996. Uh, A-Rod had just came up, so um, I was excited to see those guys. Buner, Alex, um, um, Jr., obviously. Edgar Martinez, um, just like just being in the clubhouse and around them and, you know, just thinking like, okay, like, this is it. This is what it's all about. Like I can be here one day. Um, Junior came up to me and was like, Hey, Hey man, you know, if you know, Hey man, come here, here, let me talk to you for a second. So I'm like, yo, King Griffey Junior wants to come talk to me. This is crazy. But I'm thinking like, okay, they're setting me up. Obviously they told him I was coming in, which wasn't the case. He just saw me. He knew, you know, he's, he's cans aware of everything. Yeah. And it's like, man, let me tell you this. You're going to go to the minors and, you know, he's candy. You know, I, I didn't have to. Do, I, I didn't do the minors, but you're going to go through the minors. Just being around MLB uh, and and baseball guys for so long his entire life. He was raised in the clubhouse. Yeah, that's right. He said, you're going to have guys that are going to tell you, you know, what to do. And it's for their glory. You're going to have guys that tell you to try this. And then look at the back of the baseball cards. This guy never, never made it above double A. So how, how is he going to tell you about what it's like <laughs> to be a big leaguer? And I'm just taking it all in like, mm-hmm. yeah, I. I, I didn't think of this. You're supposed to be coached. He's like, no, you listen. When they're there, you shake your head. You say yes. But when you play ball, you play your game. They brought you to this clubhouse for a reason. They like what you're doing. All you have to do is keep doing what you're doing, but get better at what you're doing. Because if you fail doing it someone else's way, they're going to walk away and say, well, I tried to work with this kid. <laughs> and you will never be able to walk away saying, I gave it all I had. Because how do you know? You gave it all they had. That's right. They had this idea of you. This is what you should be. This is who you are. Only you know who you are. And he ran out to the field. And to this day, I remember, and I and I used to talk about it all the time and still tell him thank you. Uh, he just laughed and called me Lamont from Sanford's son. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it stuck with me. And I, and I, and I share that same message with kids. Like, look, you're going to have guys that have never made it who have had a lot of time in their hands to figure out why they haven't made it and all these great ideas, and they mean great. But at the end of the day, you have to look in the mirror and say, did I do it my way? Was my way not mm. good enough? 
Because if you're doing it someone else's way and continuously trying to make them happy to appease them, you will never give yourself a fair shot at your ability yeah. and letting that shine. That's so great because uh, you can live with failing your way. You can't mm-hmm. live with failing another way because you'll think about that forever. It's so yep. funny you say that because I got almost the same advice from Tom Seaver. When I first came up, he was on the Mets team. And after about a month, I was there, and we he invited me out to dinner. And I ended up sitting next to him, and it was a big deal, right, to be invited to dinner. It was Rusty Staub and Keith Hernandez and Tom Seaver. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. I didn't say and a you thing. Didn't pay. I didn't say a word, didn't pay, then didn't say a thing either. <laughs> but Seaver said to me, he said, listen, um, you know, everyone asks me advice and this or that, whatever. He goes, I have one piece of advice for you. Are you a major leaguer? I said, excuse me? He goes, are you a big leaguer? I go, well, I, I, I think so. And he's like, no, no, are you a big leaguer? Like, are you going to be in this game for some time? I said, yeah. He goes, well, just remember this. When you're in trouble and you're struggling, you're an inch away, not a mile away. Don't let anyone ever tell you you're a mile away because you're a big leaguer. And when you're a big leaguer, it means that you're the cream of the crop. So when you're struggling, it's because you're an inch away, not a mile away. And that really helped me a lot because, like you were talking about, you have a lot of coaches that come up and they've got a lot of advice and you know they're like well you got to get your arm up or you got to get your arm down or you got to stride longer or you got you know you have all of these things and a lot of times really you just got to let your athleticism play you know mm-hmm. and um, so it's funny that you and I got almost similar advice from different players from different generations that's pretty cool Hank Dixon on Twitter what are the rules when major league baseball stars go on rehab assignments. What must be paid for? <laughs> I love this stuff. People are really interested right. in this, right? They love this right. stuff. Right. They're like the rich um, rich guy's got to take care of the poor kids. Right. And 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 yes, that's true. My question was because I have to do a rehab um, assignment. And yes, it's 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 been that way since I've known about it. When a big leader comes down, he's buying a spread. But does that mean every single night they're buying a spread? Because that gets expensive. You go on, you, you go on a five day rehab and and double A, and you got you know bigger kids and 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 bigger mouths to feed and higher expectations, and they're playing in better cities. Food gets more expensive, and do you pay for it all? I think that whatever the time that you're going to be spending somewhere, um. You divide, you, you cut that in half. <laughs> yeah. You know, you cut that in half. If you're going to be here five days, I'll buy two, maybe maybe even a third, you know, as a thank you. But I, there are two nights that you're going to get a spread from me. And let me figure this out. If you're going to be here, you know, now you're going to be here 10 days, I'll buy the spread for half of them, but you're only going to get two great ones. And the rest, you know, it'll be just maybe a step above what you're, what you're getting normally any given night or decide, hey, look, we're going to have a team dinner. I'll buy two spreads of team dinner, and then we're straight the rest of the time. You know, I think it all depends. So there is an expectation. Um, don't let the people down. And you have to suck it up. It's kind of like, hey, you're the, you're, the, you're the big man on the totem pole. If you pull out your wallets, you're in trouble. Yeah. yeah uh, you, Capitol Grill one night, outback the rest, maybe. Um, right. <laughs> I, uh, Max Scherzer went down for the Mets this year, and he pitched, and he not only got them all steak and lobster dinners, 
but he bought him some Bose iPods to go with it. So wow. that was major. That's big, that's, that's, that's big time. Right? I think yeah, it was like league. seven grand or something like that. But that's big league. Uh, Max is making forty three million this year, so hmm. I'm not feeling bad for him. I wonder if that's a write off. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> Very good. Um, here's our final one by Carlo on Twitter as well. Is it okay to bunt for a hit in the eighth or ninth inning if the pitcher is throwing a no hitter or a perfect game? Oh, this is a good one. I heard that's frowned upon. What do you say? Man. <sighs> What's the score? Exactly. Is it one nothing? Exactly. No, is, is it, it one zero nothing? zero or one, one nothing? nothing? Two even two zero. Yeah. Because you get on now and it's a blast. Yeah. Um it may still be looked down upon, but I think that is acceptable. It's a one nothing, no hitter. I'm not a power hitter. And bunting is a part of my game. You know, you know, you know, this is liable to happen. Yeah. Or I'm a guy like me, for example, who has some pop. I don't bunt, but I can give if given the right situation, the right circumstance, and it's 100 percent necessary. And, and maybe I'm not comfortable. I might try it. Um, me personally, I wouldn't. Yeah. But I think it's allowable. Mm-hmm. Yes, you, you, somebody's going to say something from the other side, especially if you get a hit. They're going to chirp if you foul it off. If you just a square and pull it, if, if you even if you square and pull it back, someone's going to chirp at you. But I think the score dictates that a lot. No one likes to deal with, or you know, being a reason in that type of way where you prevent a guy from making history. But I've been on both sides of no hitters. You you want to be on the side of the no hitter, not the team getting no hit. That's right. But I think score. Maybe even where it is in the season, early in the season, I'm thinking when I do it late in the season, this game means something. I could care less about your no hitter if we have to win to get to the playoffs or we have to win to be in a tie for the wild card. I could care less about that. So I think there are factors um, that that play into it. Pitch on the way to Ben Davis, a chopper to second, got to hurry up with it. No play, infield hit on the bunt. I'll tell you what, a lot of guys won't like that. Nope. To lay down a bunt when everybody's back and get a base hit and ruin a no-hitter will not go well in the fraternity of grown-up baseball players. But the hit's on. Davis at first. Here's Bubba Trammell. But I'll tell you what, Bruce Bochy will defend him by saying, I got a 2 nothing game here. I want to get a guy on. I bring the tying run to the plate. I get a bomb. I get a run here. I can tie this thing up. I can win the game. I don't care about how he gets a hit. I want a guy on. Yeah, Carlo, I feel the same way. And it happened to me. I had a no-hitter through six, which is not deep into the game. But in the seventh inning, Vince Coleman, and the score is 0-0. We're both within a game um, late in September. It was September 17th, late in mm. September of going to the postseason. And that was when only one team would go. Yeah. And he bunted for a base hit, and he was safe at first base. And I never thought twice about it. I was like, that's part of Vince's game. He right. might steal two bases here. Next time, he's going to be on third in a second. Um, mm-hmm. So I never thought twice about it. Then after the game, a reporter asked me, said, what do you think about Coleman bunting in the seventh? And I said, well, I mean, it was a great bun. I, I thought he was asking me why I didn't make the play. And, oh. and I was like, no, it was, it was a great bun. I just I couldn't come up with it in time. He's so fast. And the guy goes, no, you had a no-hitter and he bunted. Like, oh, no, 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 no. That, 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 right? I don't even know what, yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, he, that's his game. That's my game. Uh, he beat me at my game, and then, then that was my job to keep him close. He ended up not scoring, so I did mm-hmm. my job. But um, it was, 
like I didn't give it two thoughts. So as a, a former player, Carlo, I wouldn't give it two thoughts if you're if it's game time, man. You do whatever it takes to get get the job done. And if a bunt gets it done, it gets it done. Now, if it's seven nothing, and it's in the eighth or ninth inning, then I then I think that I would want as a hitter to make sure I get a clean hit off this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. he's gone deep. But who knows? That's how it goes. That's what's great about unwritten rules in this whole year, Jimmy, is that yeah. I don't know if we've answered more questions or opened more doors, but that's a good thing, I think, as uh, we move along and try to figure out what's unwritten, what's written, what's in between, what's fun, and what is not so much fun. Well, everyone out there that listened to us, thank you so much. Uh, I don't know. I know Jimmy had fun doing this. I had a blast. I got to know more about Jimmy Rollins than I've ever known. That's a blessing and a great thing. And I want to thank Odyssey. I want to thank uh, Major League Baseball. I want to thank you folks that listen to us talk about unwritten rules. And if they'll have us again, Jimmy, let's do this again next year. Most definitely, Ron. I appreciate it. I learned some great things about you. Hearing <laughs> some stories about the 86 match that <laughs> no one else has heard. And, uh, man, I, I couldn't have asked for a better partner. I love the generation gap and just blending it all together because baseball is moving forward and we can address these things that we feel they need to continue with the game or be left in the past. Uh, Blessings to all the families out there and friends. Thank you. Unwritten is a production of Odyssey and Major League Baseball. Our senior producer is Paul Aspen of Odyssey with Ian Kay of Major League Baseball. Lena Glazer is the executive producer of 2400 Sports at Odyssey. Jody Avergan and Nick Trotta of MLB are executive producers. Special thanks to everyone at Major League Baseball and Odyssey who helped make this show happen. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating or a review in your podcaster player of choice. Or just tell someone about the show. For Jimmy Rollins, I'm Ron Darling. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back soon with more on baseball's unwritten rules.